Welcome back to Relevant Talk with Athelia Monet. Today we have guest Angela Pearson, who's author of I Am Not Contagious, a children's book about the effects of rejection when the parents decide against having the children vaccinated. How are you doing today, Angela? I am good and wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for agreeing to be a guest on Relevant Talk. So Angela, what made you write this book? So back in 2019, I live in New York, and um, in 2019, religious exemption was removed. And religious exemption was something that, um, you know, allowed my children to go to school because we don't vaccinate. Um, Both my children, uh, my, my older son, he was partially vaccinated, so he needed a religious exemption in order for him to attend school. And um, he's 24 right now. And then my oldest daughter, she's never been vaccinated. And she, she's 20 this year. And um, she, too, went to school on a religious exemption. And then along came my youngest son, Grayson, um, who is now eight. And he's been going to school his entire life. He went to toddler school, preschool, kindergarten. And he knew that he wouldn't be able to um, finish the first grade. So I gave him the option on whether or not he wanted to go or not, even though he would only have 14 days to spend with his friends. Um, Andrew Cuomo, um, the governor of New York, who is also in a lot of trouble right now. I've heard. (laughs) um, He removed religious exemption and which ultimately banned um, 26,000 children in New York. And my son was one of them. So I I had a career um, and I was looking for an alternative. I was looking for someone to help me um, homeschool my son. I was even looking for a medical exemption um, because my older son, he actually had an adverse reaction to one of the vaccines where he ended up in the hospital for three days. Mm. Um, So which is why I stopped the vaccine schedule program with him. And that's what led me down my holistic journey. Okay. And so naturally I was afraid to vaccinate my other two children. And my son since my older son since then, um, especially like in his elementary school years, he would have a physical every single year because he was an athlete. And he would always have to get permission from his doctor to play because his urinalysis would always come back um, positive. And and what I mean by that is he would always have blood or um, protein in his urine, which was an indication that something was wrong. Something was medically wrong with either his bladder or his kidneys or something. So he started seeing a nephrologist and, um, you know, he would always have to get a, a letter stating that this was the norm for him. So fast forward to 2016, he was diagnosed with the same autoimmune disease that my father had, um, which is systemic lupus. Uh And I don't know where I would be if I stuck with the vaccine schedule program um, by the CDC. If If I continue that, where would my son be today? How severe and how aggressive would this systemic lupus be for him? And or how would this have have affected my other two children? Right. So I was really trying to get a medical exemption for my youngest son um, for that reason alone. But the doctor wasn't having it. And I I understand that um, the CDC 
they really crack down on these doctors. And um, if something, if they're giving out these medical exemptions, um, they better have a really good reason um, to hand these out. So, I mean, I didn't hold anything against her. I understand that she was doing her job. Um, but I left my career and I started homeschooling my son, Grayson. And I then got into survival mode. You know, it was right. like, okay, I have my 401k. Um, I've invested in stocks. Um, I have some savings. I have a little bit of a cushion. However, I still knew that I was behind on my retirement. Um, because I had put myself through school. So I was like, what am I going to do? I, I need to make money, right? Mm-hmm. So I got in this survival mode and um, I knew I wanted to get involved with real estate. So I found this um, three-day boot camp down in Miami, Florida. And I didn't even hesitate. I just booked it, went down there um, for three days I didn't really like um, the atmosphere. It didn't really sit well with me. Okay. And on the plane ride home, I just had this epiphany. And I just remembered going back to a place when I was a child, and I didn't really have much of a voice. Mm-hmm. Um, children in my family, how I grew up, children were seen and not heard. Mine too. Right. And even at the dinner table where it would be a place where you would think that your family would come together and just talk freely. That wasn't the case. Um, We better not talk unless our parents ask us a question. Mm -hmm. Um, And also it was always yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Yes, sir. I'm from the South. So (laughs) everything was yes, ma'am. We better have good manners. Right. Um, But that also put it... So if, if adults were wrong, we, wasn't, we weren't allowed to correct them at all. It was just rude. It was inconsiderate. And children were just not supposed to do that. And it was probably seen as being disrespectful as well. Absolutely. Yes. And, you know, when I was on that plane ride, all of this started, you know, it was like a whirlwind of... Everything that I have gone through in my life, I was bullied when I was in school as well because I came from a financially challenged family Mm -hmm. and um, I didn't really have um, a lot of clothes to wear. So I would wear the same clothes over again or I would wear clothes that were too big for me because they weren't mine. Um, So people, you know, I would have certain group of people make fun of me. And I just remember like just how bullying felt how not having a voice was. And you know how we take things away from our parents, some good, some bad. Right. We break that, we break that cycle, you know, um, you know, of how our parents raised us. And one of the things that I said that I was going to leave behind was I was going to make sure that my children had a voice and I was going to be there to amplify their voice. So good for you, Angela. Thank you. So You're in welcome. that moment, you know, I grabbed a notepad and I grabbed a pen and I said, I needed to be a voice for my son. I needed to amplify his voice and his story. Um, and that's what I did. I wrote the book on the plane ride home and, um, wrote it before the plane landed. (laughs) (laughs) Determination. It was, I love it. (laughs) It was just, you know, when you have, when something feels right Mm -hmm. and when you have just, 
everything just comes to you so naturally and so easily. You mm-hmm. know that you're doing the right thing. Yeah. And, yeah. and a, your purpose isn't a purpose if it's not greater than who you are. Mm-hmm. And I don't like to be the center of attention. I don't like to be in the limelight. I get nervous about it. Um, but this is so much bigger than me. And mm-hmm. I, owe it, I owe it to my children and not just for my son, but I owe it to other children as well because, you know, my child is alpha generation. Grayson is eight years old. So he's alpha generation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that, you know, a legacy is so much more than leaving behind um, a bunch of money or a business. Because if you don't have um, the proper education on on how to, number one, have a business, but morals, having a moral compass, mm-hmm. leading your life um, with God, because I think, you know... I, I mean, if I must be honest, I was very inconsistent with my faith throughout the years. And since writing this book and since really diving into um, what all of this means, um, I've now I'm building a relationship back with God and I, I just couldn't be happier. Um, I know that feeling because I, I've traveled that road as well. And um Sometimes it it takes certain situations to bring us back home because um, the same thing happened to me. I mean, totally different situation, but um, I can relate to what you're saying right now. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty remarkable. And I'm, you know, now my son, he he wants to be a YouTuber (laughs) And I'm not a tech savvy person by any means. And now he said that he wants to teach the word of God when he gets older. And I told him, I said, honey, you know that you don't have to wait till you're older to teach the word of God. And I said, and you want to be a YouTuber. So now he's got me going on Amazon. And now we're going to get some of these um, stuffed um, characters. um, Mm -hmm. And I'm going to help him put together um, a YouTube channel and so he can teach children the word of God. So, so he doesn't have to wait till he's older, (laughs) you know, but when I got off that airplane and I was walking through the airport, my head was held up so high. I couldn't wait to get home to tell (laughs) Grayson that I had just, I have this crazy thought and this crazy idea. And I wanted to know his take on it. And, you know, in my mind and and how I am with my children, I I never like to be too enthusiastic about something because I don't want my excitement to influence them and and their opinion about something. Right. Um, Because I really want to know where their head is and where their heart is. So I was really trying to, um, you know, bring that down a little bit, my excitement level. <laughs> and he was, he was actually, I was on board with it. He was super excited when I told him that he was going to be um, a character, the main character in the story. And we were going to get his story out there to help other children. And, um, you know, the thing is, I actually wrote this book pre-COVID, um, <laughs> It was in 2019 when I wrote this book. And then, of course, in March 2020, that's when things really hit the fan 
that's when COVID really started. That's when the economy just kind of shut down and everything was shutting down. So I had to put my book on, you know, hold for an entire year. So naturally what happens in a year, so much happens in a year. (laughs) So my son, Grayson, um, what he thought was funny and what he thought he liked a year ago, he no longer liked. So when I got my author's copy, he was no longer impressed with the book. <laughs> so I was like, no, I was like, but you know what? I respect it. I was, res- you know, I, that's how I raise him. I want you to be honest. Right. So I asked him for some ideas and um, he really likes, um, you know, how the flow of things is with like the cat in the hat and the rhyming. And, and, and so I was like, okay, I see, I see what you're saying. And so I took the last three pages of the book, which is the letter that he's, that he writes to Andrew Cuomo. And, um, I kind of, um, put some rhyming in there to make it more fun. Uh And when I did that, I actually went to bed and I woke up. It was, I think it was around 2.30 or 3.30 in the morning. I, I can't remember now, but I just remember waking up and I grabbed my cell phone and I went into my notes and I wrote the last three pages um, while I was still in bed. But mm-hmm. then I couldn't sleep anymore because then I got super excited again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And you then, was ready to go. <laughs> I was ready. But then again, I'm like waiting for Grayson to wake up. But then again, I, I can't be too excited because I don't want to influence his opinion. So when he woke up, I gave him, you know, um, I, I gave the story to him the last three pages. And he read it 12 times. <laughs> so, you know, like when it's impressed. <laughs> yes. So, you know, like when a kid reads something 12 times, you know, they like it. Mm-hmm. So even now, right today, he'll go around the house or you know, and he'll start, you know, reciting those last three pages. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but let me ask you this, Angela, prior, prior to um, you writing, I am not contagious. How was Grayson affected by not being able to no longer attend school? He was devastated. You know, he, here's a little kid who is caught in the crossfires. The only thing that he knew is that, you know, he didn't understand why he couldn't go to school and be with his friends, but he can take gymnastics and be around a bunch of kids. Uh He can still go to the park and be around a bunch of kids. He can still take piano lessons. He can still be a member of the YMCA and be around a bunch of kids um, and make new friends, but he could not go to school. So, you know, it's really hard to explain to him because even that doesn't make sense to me either. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, it doesn't. And, and it has to have been confusing for an eight-year-old. Yeah. And at the time he was just six, you know. Mm, six years old. Yeah. He was just six years old when all of this happened. And, you know, in September, that's when it all happened. So he was six and then he turned seven in January. Um, so then that whole year passed and then now he's eight, but I mean, it's, I mean, it's hard for me to even understand that. So trying to explain that to a six, seven, or even an eight year old, it's, 
is kind of hard because it is confusing. Um, but it's not just confusing for someone like Grayson. It's hard for kids who don't come from holistic homes as well because they too have questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember Grayson and I, we were walking around our neighborhood and there was this little boy. He came out, he was with his father, but he came out. He was like, hi, Grayson. And Grayson had no idea who it was. And I didn't know who it was. So we approached him and we asked who he was and how he knew Grayson. And he just responded and he said, Grayson was in my class. And then he was no longer allowed to go to school. He, and we, we didn't know why. And I was like, oh, wow. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. you think that this is only affecting holistic children, but there are children who don't come from holistic homes who have questions as well. Right. And who's also been affected. And absolutely. And, And who better to explain it than someone of his own age, you know what I mean? Someone with a different perspective because like you and I, we're adults. Our perspective is going to be a little bit more different. We're going to put it more on a scientific level. We're going to get into it a little bit more. We're going to get into politics, but children don't go there. Mm -hmm. Children don't go there with that kind of stuff. They, they're all heart. They're all innocent. Right. It's, well, I'm happy that you wrote the book and um, not only will Grayson benefit from the book, but many other children. Absolutely. And um, in addition to the book, you have some activities in the book for children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, writing the book, I just felt like there was so much more that Grayson didn't know. Mm-hmm. And so we were talking about the Constitution, we were talking about um, the Bill of Rights, and we were talking about the 1986 Act, um, and all of these things in medical freedom, things that you don't really learn about in school. Now, they do teach you a little bit about the Constitution, but there are a lot of things that they leave out because they want you to get permission from the government all the time. And I I think you and I were talking about this earlier before we started was about PMAs and PEAs. And and they don't teach us about that in school. And I'll dive in that a little bit more. Um, But I realized that Grayson didn't have um, a basic understanding of his human rights. And that was important for me. And I don't dive into it a lot because I do have a crossword puzzle in the back of the book. Um, but this is just an introductory to get children intrigued, to get them to ask questions. Um, and, and maybe their, their parents don't really have all the answers to it. So it's a good activity for both the parents and the children to kind of learn something, um, together. And another fun thing that I've added in addition to that is I'm actually promoting, I'm actually giving the book away for free. Um, I just, I'm just asking for people to help cover the cost of the book and for shipping. Um, And when they do that, they're going to get free access to a Freedom Warrior training video 
and they're going to get access to a Crusaders workbook tactic, or excuse me, a Crusaders tactic workbook, mm-hmm. a coloring book, um, and the t- the workbook and the tr- the Freedom Warrior training video goes with the crossword puzzle. So kids can watch that; they can fill in the blank to in inside the workbook, and then they can answer the crossword puzzle. That's awesome, Angela. And that's a great a, a great idea, um, what you've done. What What is the age level for the book? I actually recommended the book this morning to a relative for her daughter. You know, it's um, this is kind of a complicated question because I've also learned that children are at different levels and it really depends on you know, what your child is capable of. And Mm -hmm. I think that all children are capable of learning just about anything. So we, we tend to think that children don't have the capacity to, um, learn certain things, but the truth of the matter is that children, their brains and the way that they work, they, they actually learn better than adults. Mm-hmm. Right, because they can yeah. retain information a lot better than a, we a lot can. Mm-hmm. That's true. So I think it's just—I it, guess it depends on the child. Mm-hmm. But um, I do think that you know, like someone of the first grade um, to even the sixth grade can benefit from from this book. Okay. Yeah, my relative I've recommended to. I think her daughter is four or five years old. Hmm. And and you know again because. Look at, you know, when you, when you, my child, Grayson, before he started toddler school, he already knew um, how to count in Spanish um, to 10, just, you know, he wasn't crazy with it, but it was just 10, (laughs) Um, but he already knew all the shapes and his colors. Um, He knew how to spell his name. He knew how to write his name and he was two years old. So again, um, every child is different. Um, And that's why I don't like to put a limit on any child. Okay. Awesome. So after, um, after the book, I can imagine that, um, that having this book and Grayson reading the last three pages 12 times, (laughs) that has built his confidence up and his, his self-esteem. Oh my goodness. So much (laughs) so. This has been. You know, wherever this book, um, whatever path this this book leads us, mm-hmm. you know, what we've gained from this is this has been our therapy. Um, like you said, this has definitely built my son's self-esteem. Um, you know, communication and validation gave my son the courage to take charge. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like... So much so that he wanted to make an audio of the book. I was actually going to hire someone to do the audio of the book, but he looked at me and he said, mom, but it's my story. It's, shouldn't it be my voice? Right. <laughs> Grace said, I can do it myself. And that's why I'm like, you know what? You, you got me there. <laughs> Um, 
And then that, that challenged us even more because I am not tech savvy. So then I had to do some research and um, we downloaded this program, this called Audacity. Mm -hmm. And again, I kept forgetting like how to use it, but my son, he would remember and he would show me, mom, remember you got to do this and then this and then that. And I'm like, you know what, Grayson, I'm going to take a step back and I'm going to have you do it Um, because you already know how to create a new file and save it and redo another one. And I was super impressed, so impressed that I actually recorded him making the audio of the book. And anyone who takes advantage of the free book giveaway will also get free access to behind the scenes of how Grayson made the audio for the book. Okay. Awesome. He has everything under control. <laughs> I mean, you have to be proud, mom. <laughs> I am super proud. Um, you know, and but again, like I, I was one of those parents who put limits, you know, on my children thinking, oh, well, they're young, you know, he's mm-hmm. probably not going to be able to do it. But I've learned, especially now that I'm homeschooling, that children are remarkable and audacious and their brains are just so incredible um and that I don't put limits on him anymore mm-hmm. and I always tell him that he can do anything and that's why you know he wants to teach the word of God and he said he wanted to do that when he woke um excuse me when he um got older and I told him he didn't have to wait until he got older he can do it right now so that is um our next journey, um, again, I'm not tech savvy, so i got to learn all this YouTube stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not familiar with YouTube either. I mean, I've, I've watched YouTube videos, but um, and I even have an account, but I don't do anything in it because I'm, I'm, I don't have the need to right now, but I am aware that it exists. Absolutely. And, you know... You know, YouTube is being censored, though, too. So, you know, I, I do, of course, he's not, he won't be censored because he'll be talking more about, you know, um, you know. But I know there's sometimes when, you know, I just did an interview with someone and she posted it on Facebook. And because we use the V word, um, they actually removed the video from YouTube. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, but she used a V word in the title. So um, we just have to be, you know, extra careful um, in our word choices now, which is just crazy (laughs) to me that we, we can't even speak truth, you know, like there's so many people who have like an adverse reaction um, and they can't even talk about it anymore. That's, I didn't know that. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. Highly, highly censored. So when she wasn't able to use the V word, did she substitute it for another word or? I think she's working on it. Um, I think she's going to change the title, Um, but we'll see. Okay. That's unfortunate. Yeah. You know, um, and I, I just think that, you know, when, when we're able to, um, 
the perspective of a child has the ability to increase a person's um, emotional intelligence. And I, I believe that with all of my heart. Um, and I think, I think you and I were talking about this earlier too, because, you know, when we're adults and we talk, we get on the scientific level, I had this one incident where someone had said to me, why don't you just get, you know, Grayson vaccinated so that you don't have to deal with all of this nonsense. You don't have to deal with this stuff. Mm-mm. And it kind of like I was taken aback because I couldn't believe that this person was telling me that, that I should just throw away my beliefs so I don't have to go through this. And as a parent, you know, listen, I'm going to walk on hot coal for my kids. Mm-hmm. As you should. And <laughs> that I don't is, blame you. That is our job. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so I didn't take that too lightly, but then I realized um, on another day, Grayson was telling his side, his side of the story from his perspective. And the same person was more, showed more empathy. Because it was coming from a child. Because it was coming from a child and not from an adult's point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, because like I said, our perspectives are completely different. And, and that's what I mean when I say the perspective of a child has the ability to increase a person's emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. Well, at least he, at least you empowered Grayson to be able to speak for himself and express himself. Mm, yes. Okay. And just one more thing I wanted to ask you about before we wrap it up, because I know that you're on this mission to help the children, but your mission goes beyond helping the children. As far as like the, your, um, your quest for medical freedom for, mm-hmm. for all the parents. Can you touch on that? Yeah, so it is very important that, you know, um, I'm a huge um, activist and I, you know, promote education and awareness um, about informed consent. Um, I don't care where anyone stands on the matter, um, but what I do care about is that people understand what informed consent means. and. A lot of times people think that informed consent is just having your doctor, having your pediatrician tell you that something is safe and effective. That's informed consent. That is not informed consent. I'm, doctors do not go to school, okay? Pediatricians and your regular doctors, they do not go to school to learn about um, vaccines and their ingredients. They have a half a day at most a half a day at most on vaccines and in their curriculum, they're only told to repeat that va- vaccines are safe and effective. And that if they go into, um, to be a pediatrician, that, um, they will get a CDC guideline and schedule of when vaccinations should be, um, administered. Okay. So what I would recommend for everyone to just um, ask for a vaccine insert. And if you're pro-life, 
um, I'm pro-life. Um, there are certain vaccines that do, um, that can't, that don't exist and would not exist if it wasn't for aborted fetuses. Right. And um, I would look into MRC-5, WI-38, and also look into HEK-293. And um, it's right there, and, and people can research that. But I, I just think that, and then just having compassion, you know, so whatever your decision is, after you've been fully informed, um, it's just having compassion for the, the decisions that other people make for their families. Because right. I don't think anything should be forced. And I don't think anybody should be condemned for their decisions either, because we love our children. And Mm -hmm. regardless if you vaccinate or you don't vaccinate, we love our children. And I know that, you know, people love their children just as much as I do, even if they vaccinate. So this is about unity. This is about coming together. And it's about having compassion on issues that aren't fully understood. Thank you so much for that, Angela. You have been um, really awesome today. I've learned a couple of things from today. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> thank you for the free information. And thank you so much for um, sharing your story. You and Grace's story with, with my audience. Um, where can we order your book? Um, AngelaPearson.com forward slash book. Okay. Is there anything else you wanted to share with, with the audience today? Um, this might be a, a bit of a stretch, but I know things are happening right now, especially in New York City. Um, if, if anyone is in need or needs help with, um, attaining a religious exemption form for work, or if you need, um, a religious exemption for, um, your children who are going to college, um, you can go to my kids, my choice. Dot com. There's a lot of resources on that website that can help anyone um, gain access to um, religious exemptions so that they continue um, to either work or um, go to school. Um, the person who, that's not my website, that website belongs to uh, another great activist and her name is Rita Palma and she's a wealth of knowledge. So, Well, thank you for that. Absolutely. Thank you again, Angela. You have been a, a, a pleasure to talk to today. Um, I'm excited for what you do next. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. And um, I'm excited for what Grayson does next. <laughs> Seriously. Um, thank you again for being a guest on Relevant Talk with Athelia Monet. And thank you all so much for listening today. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you.